Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That's how you get aboard on this football Friday night. We'll get to NFL picks, guess the takes, a little hot stove check-in with the Phils, and, of course, our same-game parlor over at FanDuel for Sunday's game, including props, a game in which we think could be a big game for A.J. Brown. Let's talk to a guy who knows a lot about A.J. Brown. I'm sure he had a lot of opinions on that trade when it went down what it could mean for the Titans, and what it has meant for a team that is in first place in the AFC South. Joining us right now, Buck Rising from 104.5 The Zone in Tennessee. He joins us right now on the guest line. How you doing, Buck? How we living, Joe? I appreciate you having me on tonight. Well, we're living pretty good at 10-1, and one, and I uh, appreciate yeah. you you hopping on here. Uh, Buck, let, let's talk about this game, but let, let's start with A.J. Brown. I mean, it really, these two teams have been connected in a way since draft night when the Titans sent A.J. Brown here First-round pick heading back to uh, Tennessee. What was your reaction when the trade went down in April? <laughs> oh, so many emotions, uh, Joe. I, it was We were shocked, uh, all of us, the beat reporters, sitting in the draft room that night of the first round, and we had a sense that there was some obvious you know, uh, discomfort between the two sides as far as the negotiations went. A.J. was publicly posturing, as uh, some of these star athletes are known to do, as a means of a strategy to kind of get their way one way or the other. And and certainly that's been employed by several different players across the NFL successfully. But, yeah, we we looked around and said, well, this is is a pretty foolish move, no matter whether you think that you can't afford or don't want to pay $25 million a year for a wide receiver in a run-heavy offense. They are just decidedly not a better football team without him. And they're, you know, they've had a lot of bumps and bruises as far as their passing game goes along the way this season. Buck, so the trade goes down and the Titans move on for Brown. Now, did you think it was a matter of they didn't think he was worth the money he was asking? Or was there more to this? Because I mean, his production the first three years there, incredible. They won a lot of football games with him. He obviously wanted to stay, right? He didn't really want to leave. Why do you think ultimately they made the decision? And how much of it was, wow, the Eagles offered a first-round pick. we got to make the deal. Well, I certainly don't think he wanted to stay as as much as that. Um, as you know, I'm not sure what his public comments have been to Philadelphia media as of late, but Certainly, it did not seem like he was much interested in staying towards the end of that negotiation. Now, um, we had reported that uh, he had come in pretty hot as far as his asking price, um, closer to $30 million a year, and it became an unreasonable situation in which they didn't hear from A.J. Brown's uh, party, uh, the CAA representative or the CAA agents representing A.J., 
Um, they had basically not had contact for a period of several weeks, and then AJ came back and requested a trade specifically, so they scrapped what they had and tried to figure it out. Um, I, I don't know how much further the organization would have been willing to go towards his asking price, but you got I mean, you got to understand the history of this franchise as far as the wide receivers go, Joe. They've never had an A.J. Brown. Like, Derek Mason is the last wide receiver of any consequence to play for this franchise. It's, it's Derek Mason, Drew Bennett, all the way back uh, during those uh, Steve McNair and Eddie George days, and then A.J. Brown. It's really been a bit of a, uh, a, bit of a crapshoot at that position specifically. So, understandably, there was a lot of unrest, both as far as football people who questioned the decision and, of course, the fan base down here in Nashville and across the state of Tennessee is not – has not really been soothed much despite the Titans doing well and winning their division so, so far. Yeah, well, and, and they probably should. We'll see how it, this, this season finishes. Buck, you mentioned the fan base. So what was that reaction? Because I, I could just imagine here if the Eagles had a player, a young player of, of A.J. Brown's caliber and traded him away over money or contract, they couldn't figure it out, uh, it would be an uproar here. Were people upset? Did, did people kind of say, hey, well, let's, let's trust this team because they, they're pretty good and they win a lot of games? Or what was the fan base reaction when it all went down? No, I mean, they do get a lot of benefit of the doubt, and rightfully so. They've uh, Under John Robinson, the GM here, and, and Mike Rabel, obviously, the head coach, they've had a tremendous amount of success, a success that, uh, frankly, they were a bit of a nowhere franchise prior to this administration taking over. And so they do earn a lot of benefit of the doubt, but not in this case. I mean, it was, it was anger in a variety of different ways, anger at the organization, anger at John Robinson. Mike Vrabel did not seem, I don't know if you've ever watched that press conference the night that he was traded, but Mike was visibly bothered by the whole situation, even though he refused to publicly acknowledge it. And he had gone on Rich Eisen's uh, show a couple of weeks prior, asked about A.J. Brown being on the trade block, and flatly said, not as long as I'm the head coach here, without roster control, which of course was a bit of a public embarrassment for Vrabel, who does not suffer many public embarrassments. So, uh, anger at AJ for forcing his way out, anger at the administration for not getting a deal done, and you know just general discontentment with everything that's happened since because they they don't have a consistent functioning passing game. And the one thing that you could never question about the Tennessee Titans was that Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback here, and AJ Brown's connection was always crisp. They had it down pat. Hell, AJ came in here and won what single-handedly won them games like the 49ers on Thursday Night Football last year in a big spot that they needed to have it. So, yeah, uh, people are still pretty pissed. Buck Risey joining us here uh, from down in in Tennessee who covers the uh, Tennessee Titans here. Buck, um, as the Titans come in, there's a healthy respect, I I think, in Philadelphia for that franchise, for for how good they are, and and really for the team that Mike Vrabel puts out year after year. Tell us about him as a coach. We We watch from afar, obviously, seen some big games over the years into playoff games. It just feels like he has that team play above their heads. Um, and I, maybe I'm wrong on their talent level, but th- there's a Mike Tomlin quality that I think about him where I always think his team might do better than people think. Uh, Tomlin is a, is a good comparison, I would say. And, and I think, you know, based on stylistically, I think he reminds me a lot of Pete Carroll in terms of the product that they put out on a regular basis. You're not, you're not overestimating the talent level here though. It's, it's been, a, it's been really sparse given the level of injury that they've had. They have the most money sitting on injured reserve in back-to-back seasons now because of the amount of injuries that they've suffered. And, and they've and Mike, I believe, calls the free agents that they uh, – well, I don't believe he said this to us in press conferences. 
the free agents that he's able to pull off the couch or off other teams' practice squads and turn into functional NFL players later in their careers. He refers to them as stray cats at this point. Um, and they've won a lot of games with a bunch of stray cats. You look at the roster on any given weekend, even us who are around the team on a daily basis, we, we don't necessarily recognize some of the names, that, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, that have started this year. But uh, they, they have won seven games so far. They, have, they are always hugely competitive outside of the Buffalo Bills game. And, and, you know, every once in a while, everybody has one of those where it's just you don't have it that night on in any phase. And they got thoroughly run through. I think it would look a bit different. Um, Buffalo obviously experiencing injuries at this point. But, you know, playing Kansas City at Kansas City on Sunday night football to overtime with Malik Willis, a third-round rookie quarterback who, who just frankly cannot cannot operate an NFL passing game at this stage in his developmental career, Mike finds ways, and that staff, to their credit, finds ways to put their team in a good position regardless of who the opponent is on a week-by-week basis. They just want to out-tough people. And, you know, it turns out when you make life uncomfortable for a team for a full 60 minutes, it gives you a chance to at least be in, if not win, the majority of games that you play. Buck, let's talk about Derrick Henry, who has been one of, if not the best back, you know, for years now in the NFL, and just an enormous star across the league who does so many uh, amazing things when he gets into open space and he gets ahead of steam. But my question to you is: Is is he still the same? Um, you know, we were we were combing through some of the numbers so far this year. Last three games have not been his best. He had a good run before that, I noticed, and you know that that Texans game about a month ago. You know, he just ran crazy in them. He, he always destroys them. You kind of take that out, and it's you know it's not his best this year. I think it's under four yards a carry. Other than that great game he had against the, the Texans, you've seen every snap, you've seen every run. Is he still the same, or is we starting to see a little bit of slippage from the great Derrick Henry? You know, we we had that conversation early on in the season, Joe, and and truly it does not look like he's lost a step. He's never been overwhelmingly efficient because they have so many games where they just slam him into the line of scrimmage for, I mean, hell, last year when he, before he broke his foot in Indianapolis, he was averaging 29 touches per game, which is a wildly unhealthy workload, uh, no matter how much of a superhuman uh, somebody like Derrick Henry is. The, the the larger issue with the Tennessee Titans is that people don't fear their passing game. Everybody knows what they want to do, and the difference between the last couple of seasons and now is, well, teams have found an answer to stop the run. The talent here is underwhelming. The offensive line has been a patchwork situation basically since the first play of the Buffalo game where Taylor Lewan, their stud left tackle, went down and was lost again for uh, for another season with an ACL injury, and they've had to shuffle the deck since then. It's, it's more of the failures around him as opposed to Derek. Derek is still capable of being a special player, um, and they do find ways to take advantage of some things, even when he's not having success as, as a runner. He had a 69-yard reception. He did fumble at the end of that, which we almost never see Derek do. It was, ultimately was recovered for a flukish touchdown in the end zone by rookie wide receiver Traylon Burks. But the, the concern here is not about Derek. In fact, Derek, for the usage rate, uh, continues to amaze us for what he's able to do on a week-in, week-out basis. We're talking to Buck Rising here about this Titans team and this matchup on Sunday. All right, Buck, how about the other side? Their defense. You know, we looked at some of the numbers today. It's pretty good, and it's been it's been seemingly getting better as the weeks have gone on. You know, pass defense, touchdowns allowed. We know how good they are against the run. Yet I look up and down the roster and I'm like, how do they do this? You know, Jeffrey yeah. Simmons, you know, is pretty established now as a, as a star defensive lineman. But 
how do they do it? Is this scheme? Are some of these players better than maybe uh, the, the names on the back of the jerseys would have the average fan believe? Well, I certainly don't want to discredit the players because it's incumbent upon them. I mean, there was a game this year where they were down seven defensive starters still went out and, and played at a very, very high level. So certainly I don't want to take away from the execution standpoint of it. But, you know, Shane Bowen, the defensive coordinator here, was very much dragged through the dirt in 2020. They had a historically bad third down defense, and the personnel was largely the issue. But, you know, sometimes people are short-sighted, and they don't necessarily see those things. Since then, I think that Shane and Mike and that defensive coaching staff, Jim Schwartz, as a member of the coaching staff, who I know you guys are familiar with in Philadelphia, they have done a spectacular job to make this thing work on a regular basis, and it really comes from the ability to get pressure with four. Jeff Simmons, as you mentioned, is a bona fide superstar in the NFL. Danico Autry, who has missed uh, this past game and will miss the Philadelphia game, is probably the most important cog that helps that four-man pressure go. But Dupree, they, they haven't really had him out there both of the seasons that he's been on the roster. Harold Landry's been their best pass rusher. He's been done for the year since the week before their season opener at, at home against the New York Giants. It is uh, – it's a testament to the coaching staff, I do think, and, and to, to the players as well as far as the execution. But they go in, as I mentioned, on offense. They go in with a game plan um, every week, and they find ways to execute it. But the flexibility that that four-man rush gives them um, allows them to do a lot more, get a, little, get a little more creative on third down when they've, put, uh, when they've gotten an offense behind the sticks. Now, Joe Burrow played them very, very well. He got the ball out. On average, 2.3 seconds. He was hitting his second step and just letting it go because they were not going to let him get mugged the way that he did in a playoff game here in January where he was sacked nine times. But that defense does have the ability to do that at any given moment, um, even against an offense like Philadelphia that is, uh, that is so successful running the football. We're talking to Buck Rising, midday show host, 104.5 The Zone, down in Tennessee about this game on Sunday here. All right, Buck, I always ask when we uh, we bring hosts on from other cities uh, before an Eagles game, their perception of the Eagles, as uh, as you guys have talked about them all week. So 10-1, and one, and, and we're having these kind of debates here, Buck, this week about are they good or great? How good are they? Should we be, should we be worried about the things we're nitpicking? Special teams, obviously, it's it, living a charmed life. It's a ten and one football team. But what's your perception of how good the Eagles are and how good the the team the t- Titans are playing on Sunday? Well, they certainly project. I would say that Kansas City is probably a more complete offense um, on the whole, and obviously, the quarterback being so superior to just about anybody in the league elevates them a great deal. But Philadelphia is right there, obviously. I mean, they are exceptional. They have an incredibly talented collection of skill position players, even with uh, out Goddard in the lineup. Um, the quarterback is playing very, very well within the system. The coaching staff obviously puts him in positions to maximize the talent that he has. The offensive line, I would argue, is the best in football. I'm sure you guys are very much aware of that. It's reminiscent of the group that you had in the uh, in the Super Bowl run a couple of years ago. And and the defense, uh, the defense, the secondary is intriguing to me. The things that they've done to fortify their front with Indomik and Sue, um, and uh, the uh, the other nose tackle whose name escapes me that they recently brought Linval in, Linval Joseph, um, Linval Joseph to supplant Jordan Davis, who uh, last I checked, Joe has not been ruled out necessarily for this Titans game. He hasn't. Um, no. So he uh, they act, they opened up the window to practice off the IR, and he was practicing this hmm. week. So there seems some optimism there, but they didn't officially say anything yet. So I guess we'll find out Sunday morning on that one. Either way, they have a lot of answers to the test on the offensive side of the fo- side of the football, and frankly, they they don't make mistakes. They don't turn the ball over at a high rate. They're not heavily penalized. 
it's a it's a really really fun watch going back and reviewing some of their games over the course of last week because obviously uh, a non-conference opponent you don't see a ton of the Eagles uh, covering the Tennessee Titans but this this should be a really fun matchup from both a, a storyline standpoint and certainly the schematics of it. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Buck, we'll end with this last one. Uh, Jalen Hurts, what was your perception of him when he entered the league, and what's your perception now? Because I, I think a good case could be made. It's it's as remarkable of a uh, an improvement from a quarterback early in his career. I mean, obviously, there's the Josh Allen one, but uh, you even go back to college, right, what he was projected to be, second-round pick. It's as big of a, a leap as we've seen in the NFL in a long time from a quarterback. What, what was your perception then and now of Hurts? Then a, a grinder, always. And and uh, having covered the SEC a great deal down here in uh, in, uh, in Nashville, we were very familiar with Jalen Hurts, the person, the player. Um, always respected him, but obviously saw some limitations, uh, as did NFL scouting staffs with his game. Since then, you know, I think it's it's a tribute to the work ethic of the player, certainly the coaching staff. It's reminiscent, oddly enough, and these guys will probably forever have their careers tied to each other, but what Tua Tungavaloa is doing in Miami with Mike McDaniel. They have found, it seems, a fantastic marriage between coach, scheme, and player, and have found ways to really bring out the best of it. Because I'm sure the discussion was had in Philadelphia, Joe, this offseason about, okay, they have done literally all they could do to support this player. Now is the time to find out whether he can – operate a high level and obviously that has paid dividends in a fantastic way so certainly fun to watch an incredible story uh and a tribute to everybody who's done such a great job there this season great stuff buck really appreciate hopping on uh we appreciate it enjoy the game this weekend and uh maybe we'll catch up again soon one day down the line buck rising 104.5 the zone in tennessee thank you buck of course. First game at the link boys i'm looking forward to it i hear it gets a little rowdy oh it will be enjoy your time here thank you Take care. There he goes. Buck Rising from down in Tennessee. Covers the Titans midday on 104.5 The Zone. Yeah, I would say it gets a little rowdy uh, at the link. It should be on Sunday for a, uh, a 1 o'clock game. I'm excited for it. And we, um, we we that is interesting here in the back and forth there from his perspective, and, and I, I trust his opinion on it. He, he seemed – my perception, the way he spoke about it was like A.J. had a, was a big part of the reason why he's not a Titan anymore. Like the way, kind of the way it was portrayed to us was AJ was the victim. And now, I mean, this is contract stuff. It happens with every team and every sport. But AJ seemed upset when you know when the whole thing went down. According to, to Buck Rising, there his agents never responded after asking for thirty million a year. I probably would have traded him too. I also wonder, given the state of that offense and the state of the quarterback play, did he really want to be there long term? Well, especially when he knew his best friend was in the year of the GM here, and they needed a wide receiver? Yeah, I mean, the Eagles obviously aren't throwing the ball as much as some other teams, but, I mean, that offense is Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry only. Yeah, I mean, look, we joked about Hurts kind of – what was the Instagram thing? Remember he was on Instagram, Hurts, commenting on on A.J. Brown's uh, posts about all the issues he had in Tennessee? Like, we joked about that, but – I mean, we've seen this happen in sports. Players orchestrate stuff all the time, especially star players. Like, and and how we at one point did mention that Jalen was in his ear. Now, how much sway did Jalen Hurts have in April to make a trade for AJ Brown? I don't know, but he was in his ear, so maybe there was something. Who's to a that. better GM, Jalen Hurts or Bryce Harper? So, do, or is Hurts one for one, or do we have to give him like um, Grant Calcaterra and Kennedy Brooks? Does he get all of the the people that have these uh, connection to him? Does or, he also get Landon Dickerson? Right, or or does he just get 
A.J. Brown. I think A.J. or Devontae Smith, that's another guy, right? He said that was his favorite wide receiver mm-hmm. in that draft class. I would put him two for two and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. So are, so we're saying on volume he's a better GM than Bryce? Now Bryce is, you know, obviously, you know, you talk about getting a guy like uh, JT resigned. That worked out for the Phillies. But also a lot of relief pitchers over the years. He's kind Brandon of, Kinsler? Yeah, Remember Brandon Kinsler? He's targeted some of those guys. Um, Trey Turner would be a big Bryce Harper GM signing. If, if Bryce... You know, let's not forget that as we discuss all the shortstops here, for, potentially for the Phillies. Like Their assistant GM is obviously in Camp Turner. That we know. Um, that, but he that, was also in Camp Chris Bryan, and that didn't work out. Was he overruled on that one? I mean... Smartly so. Chris Bryant didn't do anything in Colorado. Thankfully, Chris Bryant was horrendous this past season in Colorado. We have some breaking news here uh, in the Major League Baseball front. We we thought the hot stove could get heated up here a little bit early. And in 2019, the last time they actually had the winter meetings, it was a crazy spending spree um, that year. Now, the last couple of years have been different, pandemic, and then last year they didn't do it because of the lockout. And the Phillies, we know, are meeting with all the shortstops and maybe even a couple of them before this winter meetings even starts. But I would say we have the best talent off the board. We, we have the most dominant player off the board. And I'm not talking about Aaron Judge. I'm talking about Jacob DeGrom. Now, DeGrom, we know, has, a, has had a million injury issues and it's limited how often he's been on the field. But there's been no pitcher in baseball per inning I would say over the last five years, as good as Jacob DeGrom. For, for as great as Aaron Judge has been, he, he hasn't done this over multiple years. He's had one, like, nonsensical, crazy season. DeGrom has been, per inning, the best pitcher in baseball for the last five years, and he's out of New York. This is great news for the Phillies. I mean, Jacob DeGrom is no longer a New York Met. According to Jeff Passan of ESPN, Jacob DeGrom has signed a five-year, $185 million deal with the Texas Rangers. Physical is passed. Deal is done. It includes a sixth-year option that would take a total deal to $222 million and a full no-trade clause. Five one eighty-five for Jacob DeGrom to go to the Texas Rangers. What is that, 37 a year? I was just doing the math in my head. That's 37. How much would he have gotten if he actually pitched? Like, he got 5-185, and he pitched, I mean, how many innings this season? 50? Yeah, he didn't come back until after the trade deadline. Like, I, I mean, clearly per year, he didn't, it's not, he didn't set the record. I mean, Scherzer still has a record per year at over $40 million per year for a pitcher. And so he, he Through 64 innings this year. I mean, he took a, he took a hit because um, maybe he wanted security. I'm, I'm sure some teams had a, a higher annual, annual average value for him, but less years. Seemed like he took a hit for some security here. Like he could have made forty five a year, probably from the Mets for a couple of years, but he wanted the five year deal, five one eighty five. He's getting paid now through his age thirty nine season. I mean, this would be a risky contract even if he didn't have all the in- injuries, right? A 34, 35 year old for five years. Yeah, he has one hundred and fifty innings combined between the last two seasons. His last full season pitching in the majors was when he was thirty one. He's going to start this season at the age of thirty five. That's worrisome. Sure. I mean, it is. But, man, he's good. I mean, it's just – there's no – the last two seasons, he has a 14-to-1 strikeout-to-walk ratio. 14-to-1. This year was 14.3-to-1-1, and last year it was 14-3-to-1-1. So, actually, the last two years, it's 12.7 and 13.2 a strikeout-to-walk ratio. I mean, it's historic stuff. I mean, Jacob DeGrom 
is historically good. I mean, the guy might make the Hall of Fame with less than 150 career wins, and he might have a Sandy Koufax kind of kind of uh, ability to make the Hall of Fame. But wow, Degrom out of New York, Degrom off the Mets. That's amazing because their owner Steve Cohen is the richest owner in baseball, and he was a fan before he took over the team. Like he's not just some like money guy. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time that Steve Cohen has been outspent. Right, and his reputation up until I don't know twenty minutes ago was any player that he wants and he wants to keep, he'll spend to keep him there. Which tells me they weren't outbid; they backed away. It tells me that they. I mean, obviously, they know more about Jacob Degrom's medical situation than anybody else. Yeah. I can see where they would be a little leery about that. Yeah, it feels to me like they had a limit of years, and he got more, and they said, "All right, go for it." I mean, we're not going to match that deal. Degrom off the mats. To the Texas Rangers as the MLB hot stove is officially, officially heated up. 215-592-9494. Tell you how poor we'll come back. More on the hot stove, Philly's hot stove, um, including a name out there connected to the Phillies I didn't expect to be connected to them. We'll get to that coming up. Your phone calls. And you know what we haven't touched on? Zach Eflin signed. I, I was able to rack to that last night. Zach Eflin signed with the Tampa Bay Rays. A crazy fact on the race contract to F. And we'll come back with that. NFL picks, guess the takes, and our favorite props for the Eagles and the Titans. I've got a same gay parlay all lined up for Sunday. It's next on Sports Radio 94 WIP. One of the things I love about betting on the NFL is I'm always finding new player or game props that I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forge Casino is you can combine these props with other bets in the same game to score an even bigger payout. Perfect for Sunday's game. Look, Sunday, I got to go over the receiving yardage total for A.J. Brown. I have to go over the team total for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I will take the Eagles to cover the number against the Titans on Sunday. Look, FanDuel is easy to use, easy to register, easy to deposit. And the same game probably is just one of the many reasons I bet with FanDuel, and it has fast withdrawals. When you win, FanDuel pays your winnings fast. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94 WIP, so no, no feeling like nailing a same-game parlay bet. Lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook. If you're new to FanDuel, sign up today. Promo code GILIO for your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's promo code G-I-G-L-I-O. I really like the FanDuel. I'll make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. Get you aboard. We just got the big news in baseball. Jacob DeGrom is leaving the Mets. He is headed to the Texas Rangers. So, um, we, and we may get a wild next four or five days. Like, if, if DeGrom's signing on Friday night, if the Phillies are meeting with shortstops this weekend, I fully expect us to have something significant to talk about next early next week on the evening show. Will the Phillies have a new shortstop by the time you're back on the air on Tuesday? No, but they will be about to have one. Like, maybe it breaks Tuesday during our show. That'd be cool. It's been yeah. a while since we've gotten breaking news. I, well, yeah. It's, I mean, I guess we got some tonight. But. Right. But, like, it's certainly Philadelphia-centric breaking news. Yeah, I think I think something big's going to happen. And, and Aaron Judge might sign as well. Um, with the, I would think either the Yankees or the Giants within the next uh, four or five days. So there's a lot going on in the baseball world. One thing that happened yesterday that took me a little bit off, I was just a little caught off guard, was Zach Eflin. Zach Eflin is officially gone. Now, we've talked about the Phillies need to replace all these innings. 411 innings uh, the Phillies have lost to free agency. Now, there was always, I thought, a chance Eflin was coming back. But once he declined that player option for $15 million, you had a feeling that his agent knew there was money out there on a multi-year deal. Well, he got it. Three years, $40 million, Zach Eflin to the Tampa Bay Rays. And my first thought is, I'm, I'm happy for Zach Eflin. I, I always liked Zach Eflin. He's a pretty good pitcher. I understand why the Phillies walked away from walked away from that. Like they would have had to top that. He just, for as much as I like Eflin, and he gave them some good innings, and that really was an excellent trade by Ruben Amaro to get Zach Eflin for for really a very old and at that point done Jimmy Rollins. It's a good deal. I mean, Zach Eflin gave the Phillies how many years did he pitch in? Six different seasons? Was it seven? Seven, I think. He I think came, came up in 2016. I think so. Yeah, so seven different seasons. Now he came at the end of, of 2016, but the, I mean, he he pitched a decent amount for the Phillies, and at times was probably their second best pitcher over years. 659 innings as a Philly. Yeah, and and unfortunately it wasn't more because he, that and that's why I I think he's not a Philly. Like they liked him. I think he liked being here, and he didn't cost a ridiculous amount. If Zach Eflin didn't have health issues, I think he'd already have been a Philly. He could have gotten an extension. By the Phillies, I think they probably would have given him an extension. He's like he would have been the perfect mid-rotation gap as their young pitchers are, are coming up. But three years, forty million is a lot of money for a guy who could not stay healthy. And this was his contract year, and he couldn't stay healthy. Like think about that. Like you know, most guys in their contract year find a way to stay in the field and do their thing. His body just—I I just don't think he's built physically to handle the load of a full season as a starting pitcher. Now the Rays are really smart and they're really good. And I imagine they're going to make him better than he even is. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Zach Eflin pitches to a 3-5 ERA next year. Now, how many innings do they actually get out of him? I don't know. But here's the craziest part about that signing. It's the biggest free agent contract 
in Tampa Bay Rays history. Now, there is one thing I think people are, are misinterpreting when they see that they see that fact. They have given out $100 million deals to their own young players, right? Like Wander Franco, they gave whatever the guarantee was, $200 million or something. Longoria, they gave $100 million to when he was like in the big leagues for five days. Matt Moore, they paid a lot of money. Um, so Tyler Glass now, they will pay their own players a buyout arbitration, but they've never paid a free agent until Zach Eflin. Like, that's the wildest trivia question. Biggest free agent contract in the history of a major league franchise, Zach Eflin. It's nuts, but I, I think he'll pitch well for them. I think he definitely has the stuff, and if there was a franchise that you wanted to go to to, to fix you outside of Houston, I think Tampa Bay is the, the place to go. It's I don't know. I, I think he's going to be remembered fondly because of what he did in the postseason yep. and his ability to come back at the end of last season and, and pitch in the bullpen and, and take down high-leverage moments. But you also look at his career. I mean, he had an ERA plus of like 95 I know. over his time here. I, I, I think a lot of what his time was here was just missed opportunities. And and what could have been? I mean, if he if one of these years he puts it together and he stays healthy for the Rays, he could win 14 or 15 games, a pitch to a 3-4 ERA, and everyone's like, wow. It'd be nice to have him here in Philadelphia, but it's 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 been a what if. His career's been what if from the start. He had moments, runs. He would always reel off like one month a year where he would reel off seven innings, seven innings, seven innings, one run, no runs, two runs, and you're like, wow. Do they have something here? Like, is this guy going to be a top-of-the-rotation kind of pitcher? And it would be followed by he's banged up, he's hurt, his knee hurts, he's a heavy body, or he just gives up six runs in a game randomly. Like, it would never sustain for Zach Eflin. But good trade by Ruben Amaro back in the day. He was part of a team that made the World Series, and I'll root for him in Tampa Bay. And I, I did see one thing. The Red Sox wanted him too, but he chose Tampa Bay because – he wanted to pitch near where he grew up. I guess he's a Florida kid. So Zach Eflin to the Tampa Bay Rays, the biggest contract they have ever handed out. All right, let's get to NFL picks. We'll do guest the takes, and then we'll do our FanDuel Sportsbook favorite props for the Eagles and the Titans on Sunday. All right, here are my picks for week number is this 13. Week 13 in the NFL. I will start one of the marquee matchups because I, I really like where the number has landed, and I think it's in a spot where I'm comfortable taking it. I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers minus three and a half against the Miami Dolphins. It's a great matchup. It's, you know, Tua against Jimmy Garoppolo, two quarterbacks that have been doubted and both are playing winning football right now and and are going to be in the postseason. It's two coaches who know each other so well. I actually was watching a story on NFL Network a little earlier um, with how far back the Mike McDaniel Kyle Shanahan relationship goes 30 years. I mean, those guys have known each other for 30 years, um, I guess, as kids uh, on the staff or around that Denver Broncos team with Mike Shanahan, uh, obviously the father of Kyle Shanahan. And I got to tell you, Mike McDaniel right now, if the season ended, I'd vote him the coach of the year in the NFL. I I said it here on WIP. I said it everywhere. I wrote it. I I didn't think Tua could play. I really thought Tua was a stiff at the quarterback position when it came to being a really good one in the NFL. And this reminds me of the job that Mike McDaniel has done. It's very similar to me to when Sean McVay took over the Rams in 2017 and Jared Goff was coming off of a disastrous rookie season the year before. And, I mean, were there many people out there that says, you know what, Jared Goff could play. He's going to be a winning quarterback and, and the kind of quarterback to take a team to the playoffs. Not many said that. 
and Sean McVay got there, and he, he accentuated the strengths of Jared Goff. He covered up the weaknesses. They put a good team around him, and boom, they were in the postseason, and boom, a year later they were in the Super Bowl. I think we're watching something similar play out with Mike McDaniel. Now, that being said, this is a 49ers spot on Sunday. I like the Niners minus 3.5. Both tackles are banged up for the Miami Dolphins, and to go on the road against the best defense in football – against a ferocious pass rush, including Nick Bosa, and have both your tackles limited or out, that's a really, really tall task for Miami to go travel, play against a really good team, really good defense. I don't think the Miami defense is that great, so I think the Niners will put up some points in this game, and I don't think Miami's up to keep up. It's a really good offense, but this is a big test. I will go San Francisco minus 3.5 on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. That's game number one. Game number two I like on Sunday I'm just going to bet the number here in this game. The Giants and the Commanders strike me as very similar teams. I don't think either are that good. If you ask me to, to, to kind of rank the different units on their teams, I, I think it's even almost across the board. Maybe the Commanders' defense is a little bit better than the Giants, but why are the Commanders one-and-a-half-point favorites? Aren't the Giants the Commanders similar? Like, this should be an even game, or it should be... I mean, I, I just frankly thought the home team would, would be favored in this game. They are not. Um, and the Giants get extra rest. I, I like backing teams late in the season with extra rest. I think the Giants are going to beat the Commanders this week. So I'll take the one-and-a-half points there. Giants plus one-and-a-half. I'll go Niners minus three-and-a-half. I mean, how can I not take the Eagles game in our picks after the way we uh, we talked about them and, and my thought on how this Titans team is good but not special. They, they haven't beaten any really good opponents. Derrick Henry not quite the same as he was a couple years ago. And I think the number's in a good zone here in this game. I'm going to go Eagles minus four and a half. I don't think that's a ridiculous number. You know, if this game was seven, if it was seven and a half, if it was six and a half, you know, I, I might think that's a little tricky for the Eagles to cover against a good defense at Tennessee. But I like the Eagles minus four and a half this week against the Tennessee Titans. And, and, I, and the last game I'll take, I'll take four games this week. I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions minus one over the Jacksonville Jaguars. I always think two things when it comes to late season betting. One, I'll take a team with extra rest. I think it really matters this deep into a season. These teams are tired. The Lions get three extra days to prepare for this game. They played on Thanksgiving against the Bills and lost a close game. Now they get extra time to prepare for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's at home in Detroit. Plus, Jacksonville's coming off of a very emotional win. When was the last time the Jaguars won a game like that and then went on the road and won another game? Like, that's a lot to ask for, uh, you know, a young team with a young quarterback. I think the Lions a little bit more um, rest, a little bit healthier, and I think they win this game. Very short favorite of just minus one. Lions minus the one. So Lions minus one. I'll take the Giants plus one and a half. I'll take the Eagles minus four and a half. And I'll take the 49ers minus three and a half for my picks. All right, let's do guess the takes here. As I try to guess the takes that are out there across the NFL and what you'll be hearing on WIP and FS1 and ESPN and whatever you're consuming coming up on Monday. All right, take number one. I think there's a chance this week that Kenny Pickett and the Steelers put up a ton of points in Atlanta. And I think you're going to start to hear that the, the Pickett and Pickens connection and the future of the Steelers might actually be bright. Because this is a tough season for the Steelers. But I, I think that team's starting to turn a little bit of a corner here. And I'm starting to see something from Kenny Pickett. They won on Monday night against the Col against the Colts uh, in Indianapolis. I think we're going to hear a lot of good things 
And how about the future is very bright in Pittsburgh when Kenny Pickett and the Steelers go play on Sunday in Atlanta. Take number two you're going to hear coming up on Monday is to watch out for the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers have been a big disappointment this season. Really big. I mean, considering the preseason hype, they were one of, I think, the five or six top Super Bowl odds before the season. And for the most part, they've been blah. They really haven't been a good team this season. But they're getting a little bit healthier. And I thought that was a big win for them last week. To bounce back after losing to the Chiefs on Sunday Sunday night the week before, I thought it was a really big win to go and finish that game with a two-point conversion. I think it kind of got like the, the, the Brandon Staley always kind of seems to make the wrong decision thing out of the way. He made the right decision. Two-point conversion. Big win for the Los Angeles Chargers. And I like them. It's a good spot for them this week in Las Vegas against the Raiders. A Raiders team coming off of an overtime game last week against the Seahawks. I'm going to go the Chargers this week to win. And I think the Chargers are the one you hear about on Monday. Like maybe that team is dangerous in the bottom of the AFC playoff picture. And the third take I think you're going to hear come Monday morning, I think the rumors are going to start to come out on Monday that Sean McVay is going to leave coaching. Have you ever seen a more disastrous season for a Super Bowl champion than the Los Angeles Rams? Like right now, they are unrecognizable. I had some of that game on last Sunday because for some reason, I guess... They didn't move anything around with TV. Like, the Rams and Chiefs were the scheduled 4 o'clock window game, and they didn't care that the Chiefs, the Rams are bad now. So I was watching some of that game. Who was the quarterback on the field for the Rams? Was it Bryce Perkins? From the University of Virginia. They are the most unrecognizable defending Super Bowl champion I've ever seen. Like, And it gets worse this week. I don't think Aaron Donald's playing. I either. don't think he is either. I mean, they have, like, half of their salary cap out to injury. And did you see the Matthew Stafford thing? He was cleared, but they're not going to play him? Uh, Yeah, so apparently his concussion is actually a neck injury, and he couldn't feel his legs a couple weeks ago. It's bad. It's really bad. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Matthew Stafford retires after this season. Like, what does he have left to accomplish? He made a ton of money. He left his team he played for forever. Went to the other place and won a Super Bowl. I mean, I, 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 if he can't feel his legs... Plus, his wife posted on Instagram a few weeks ago about how she was worried about him. I The Rams thing, everyone always talked about they have no picks. Eventually, this thing is like it's going to topple over. Feels like it toppled over. And, and I, not because of no picks. It toppled over because their aging veterans aged quickly. Fast. I would not be surprised on Monday you start hearing like in a, in a Peter King column. Sean McVay to Amazon to TV after this season. It, it's going to return. I know we signed a new deal, but... I mean, they could figure out the money, whether, whether, whatever. I mean, the Rams aren't going to force him to coach if he doesn't want to coach anymore. He's, he won them a Super Bowl. I, I think Sean McVay out in Los Angeles, and not because he's fired, because he's burnt out, and it's, it's just kind of time to fresh start for everybody. I think that becomes a thing you hear coming up starting next week and, and really start here. So those are the picks. Those are the takes for week 13 across the NFL. All right, let's put together a same-game parlay here. We do it every week. Our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook love the props. And can I go through the game? I think our favorite props for for week number 13. It's the Eagles and the Titans. All right, I have um, I have five here. Tucker, if you want to come up, throw one in that you like. Maybe we can get this to a six-leg parlay. Because I, I really feel like I've got a five here. And look, I, when you say it about parlays, you gotta got to be – realistic about it like is there ever a parlay you feel like is definitely gonna hit probably not are they fun yes I've got five here I like a lot so 
you can veto any of them if you want. You want, and, and and obviously you could add one to get us to six. But he, here's what I have. So I think AJ Brown is going to have a big game. It's you know he's against his former team. There's some bad blood there, and I'm looking at two AJ Brown props in this game. Now his his receiving prop is about eighty and a half. So they're setting it very high. Fanduel obviously is uh, is kind of in on this and knows everyone's going to be betting AJ Brown props. So they're going to raise that number up. So AJ Brown's receiving prop is eighty and a half. That's not fun, you know. You know the minus one oh five or whatever on each side. How about this? You could go with an alternate total on AJ Brown. You can go one hundred plus. You can go one twenty five plus. One hundred twenty five plus yards for AJ Brown is plus four ten. That is a pretty nice way to start our parlay. So I'm going to put that in plus one hundred twenty five plus yards for AJ Brown receiving, and I'm going to go AJ Brown. Plus 130 to score a touchdown. Anytime touchdown score. So we have an A.J. Brown alternate receiving total. A.J. Brown anytime touchdown score. And then I was thinking about the score of this game. So here's what I have in my head for Sunday. I have in my head on Sunday, Eagles 27, Titans 17 on Sunday. That, that's kind of the score I was thinking about for this game. So with that, I, I popped in here Eagles over 24 and a half points. And I put in Titans under 19 and a half points. So that would cover the the score I I, I kind of perceived. 27 17. I went Eagles over 24 and a half. Titans under 19 and a half. And then I threw the Eagles minus two and a half in the first half as the fifth leg of our parlay. Tucker, do you want to veto any? What are you thinking on that? No, I think they all make sense. Um I, I kind of see the game the same way you do. I, I think it's gonna be a big AJ Brown revenge game. And we talked about it a few weeks ago. When they played the the Colts with Zach Pascal, and obviously that that didn't work out, but Nick Sirianni is a guy who kind of believes in storylines and likes following them. And the fact that AJ Brown has put together back to back, you know, subpar games at least by his standards, I think there's a lot going for him going into this game. You know what wouldn't surprise me that they haven't done this. I, I'm trying to think of the last time they did something like this. But would it surprise you if early in the game, first possession, first play, a bomb down the field, AJ Brown? It would not. Yeah, I mean, I, I I could see it very early in the game. If it hits, you know. Does that mean you want A.J. Brown to be first touchdown score? Ooh. Now, could you, uh, can we add that in along with the anytime? Are you allowed to double up, or is one kind of counteract the other? Because if he's a, he's the first, he's also at any time. Yeah, I don't I don't think you can combine those odds. I okay. think they're, they're smart enough but, to get around that. But, like, your, but the odds on first touchdown are way better. All right, let's – Let's. Uh, this is interesting. Let's take the any timeout, and let's put the first in. If we take the any timeout and we put the first in, well, now we're cooking with gas. So if we have A.J. Brown, and first touchdown scorer, A.J. Brown, 125-plus yards, under 19.5 Titans, over 24.5 Eagles, Eagles minus 2.5, a $10 wager would win you $867. Now we're cooking. So now you're making me think, should we, because we're going bold with the first touchdown, should we lower the A.J. Brown receiving yardage total bar to 100 plus? Should we, should we, because that worries me a little bit. Like, what if he gets like 116? Yeah, I mean, what if it's a blowout and they stop throwing the football? Or they take him off the field in the middle of the third quarter? All right, let, let's let's change the bar on um, on the A.J. Brown receiving yardage. Let's go 100 plus. I, I think that's, um, it feels a little bit safer. So now, okay, it does change our number pretty significantly, but it's safer. 100-plus yards, but with the first touchdown score, we're at 10 bucks, wins you $447. Yeah, 
still pretty good. Can we also throw in the under on Miles Sanders' uh, rushing yards? Now, is this a uh, Miles Sanders fade or a game script fade? I think this is a game script fade, and I think this is a Titans are second in the NFL in opposing yards per carry fade. Like well, they gave up, I think, 150 or 160 to Saquon. And, that was early. One. But since then, I mean, they gave up 108 to Cincinnati, but that's because Joe Burrow ran for 40 yards himself. You look at the previous games, 56, 65, 77, 43, 65, 43, 38, in their last eight games played. This is a team that does not give up a lot of rushing yards. All right, here's what we have. And, and this might be the uh, most profitable potential same-game parlor we put together here uh, over our friends over FanDuel Sportsbook the entire season. Titans under 19.5 points. Eagles over 24.5 points. Eagles minus 2.5 in the first half. A.J. Brown, first touchdown scorer. A.J. Brown, 100-plus receiving yards. And Tucker's suggestion of the Miles Sanders under 57.5 yards. A $10 wager wins you $1,042. It's Christmas time. It is. I mean, that'll that'll take care of a lot. I mean, at at Christmas time. I don't know how many people everyone has to buy for, but that's a pretty good number. What are the kids asking for for Christmas? Have they written their letters to uh, to Santa? So yet? they haven't officially wrote them. I think that's this weekend. They're going to sit down and write them. We're going. We're getting the Christmas tree tomorrow. Are they old enough to write them themselves? So my son is, and so my daughter's at kindergarten now. And there's a they, what they do to try to help them to kind of get it is they do a thing called kid writing, where you're not supposed to help them. Like they're supposed to use their sounds, right, to to write it. So to answer your question, is she old enough to write her list? Yes. Would you pick it up and understand what you're reading? Probably not. No, you you probably wouldn't. But she could look at it and say, like, tell you what the words mean. So I guess, yeah, they're both old enough in, the, in that case to, to write it out. Um, so as far, as far as what they're asking for, so recently an Amazon magazine came, like an Amazon Kids Christmas Guide came. That This thing has to be, I don't know, 100 pages thick. And so I told them, I was like, I wanted, first of all, I wanted ideas, but I, I wanted, I was hoping to help them write their own list. So I was like, why don't you guys look at this book and like take a marker and like put a star next to things you might want. That way, when it's time to write your list, you know. So I recently went and picked up the magazine to see what they starred. They starred everything. Like 150 of the 200 pages? Yeah, like there are some certain pages where there's like 12 things on there and every single thing is a star. Like, what am, I, what am I supposed to do with that? I was hoping to get ideas. So, to answer your question, do they know what they want? Yes. Everything. It's everything. Yeah. But isn't that what kids do? They want everything? Um, here's what I want. I want this same game probably to hit over a FanDuel Sportsbook. Once again, under 19.5 Titans, over 24.5 Eagles, minus 2.5 Eagles first half. A.J. Brown first touchdown. A.J. Brown over 100 receiving yards. Miles Sanders under the 57.5 yards rushing. All right. Fun show tonight. Now, before we go... And we have uh, Boomer and Valenti getting you ready for the entire football weekend coming up. I do have to say, uh, I can't wait to watch NFL Films, NFL Network, sh- the show on Ray Didinger. You, you you caught a glimpse of this today? I watched it this afternoon, yes. How, how was it? It was very emotional for me. I felt bad. Like, my girlfriend was in the room. I had to leave the room because I didn't want to see her get me getting emotional over, like, a 78-year-old man. I think that's kind of weird. But it's not any 78-year-old man. It's Ray. No, it's the guy who was my hero growing up. Like, he's the reason why I wanted to be in sports media, and I think a lot of people feel that way. And a lot of the content was very similar to the content we heard in May when he was on his retirement tour. But 
I think it's really interesting that someone who was a sports writer and a radio personality is honored by NFL Films in such a way. So I got to look to see. I'm sure they're going to replay it over this weekend. Sometimes they throw these kind of things they put on on a day. They'll like put it on like overnight, like the next day. So I will look for it and I will watch it and we'll talk about it next week. You guys have a great weekend. Boomer and Valenti have you next for the NFL preview for this weekend. Back on Tuesday, a lot to talk about, including maybe the Phillies having a star shortstop, Correa or Turner or Bogars. Have a great weekend on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.